to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grind Line Podcast. This is episode 63. I am here with Ryan and Tyler tonight, trapped in the nothingness that is the off-season past free agency. How are you guys doing? I'm continuously terrified day-to-day of your updated photos, especially the Larkin one with the crazy cocaine ice. This is still <laughs> our Dan Cleary eyes. That's, that's, is that what I that liter- was? Oh, I literally I so. took Dan Cleary's eyes off his face and put them on Larkin's face, uh... and it makes everyone look like they're addicted to meth. Yeah, you know who that what was great is when it wasn't online for anyone to see, and now it's out there for everyone to see, and it's terrifying. Yeah, the Mantha one is worse. Mm-hmm. Tyler, how yeah. are you doing tonight? I'm doing good, except for I took a sip of my water in my tumbler, and I forgot that it was sitting in my car all day, and I almost Gross. threw up on camera. Um, but that besides that, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the weather's been good, so it's not raining every other day like it was like you know two weeks ago so i can't complain really Wait, you said you drank water and almost threw up yes, from a tumbler that's been sitting in his car water. yes no it's hot water gross yeah, hot, hot water, water. anyway you know hot, hot water by itself is gross but if you put stuff in it like beans or leaves it becomes tea or coffee so very true we have so literally <laughs> since almost nothing has happened uh, we have actually there's a little bit of news. Archie Henderson, Tyler Wright, Jeff Finley, and Andrew Dixon are no longer with the Detroit Red Wings amateur scouting staff. Actually, uh, Archie Henderson was a pro scout. Uh, Glenn Murkowski was a pro scout too. They are all gone. Uh, Tyler Wright and Archie Henderson have taken jobs with the Edmonton Oilers, who I feel extremely sorry for now because Archie <laughs> Henderson is responsible for guys like. Uh, Steven Weiss, Franz Nielsen, if you all remember Kent Huskins, uh, David Leguan, yeah. Carlo Koliakovo, uh, I, the list goes on and on. Archie Henderson was a pro scout, and I'm wondering how old he is because all the people that he scouted, I mean, that they really did not help the team at all. Did he scout Marion Hosa, or was that just a Holland decision? No, Archie Henderson started after uh, started pro scouting in 2010, I believe. Okay. So that was after Hosa came anyways. And then Tyler Wright was the head of amateur scouting. He really head of amateur scouting, I feel, is important past round one. You're important in round two through seven. And uh, you can tell me how many round two through sevens have made it since Tyler Wright came through. And it's not very many. So uh, I see this as a positive. They have not. Uh, they have not announced replacements yet. I'm sure Eiserman will within the coming days. But uh, out with the old, in with the new. Didn't Draper get a uh, promotion? Yeah. he's now yes. their head. Yeah, yes. now Chris Draper yeah. is head of amateur scouting, which I believe is well deserved. Mm-hmm. He seemed yeah. the way he explained things, especially this after this draft is. He's. I think him and Eiserman. I mean, for, I mean, for one, they played together for how many years back in the day? You can tell Forever. that they're very much on the same page and what they expect and look for in players. So I, I think that it can only get better from here, especially with Drapes in charge of it. I think he's going to do fantastic. He's already been a pivotal role as it is. So I'm pretty excited. 
Yeah, and Drapes did say that uh, he had kept in contact with Iserman the whole time he was in Tampa. So Drapes seemed to has um, has earned his stripes, so to speak. Um, you know, he's been doing that a while, and I thought that that his next step would be, you know, assistant general manager or general manager elsewhere. I'm glad he's staying in the organization, and I'm glad he's going to be the head of amateur scouting. Yeah, I think there will be a couple inside um, advancements, but I think there, uh, Iserman will also bring in a few people from outside the organization too. He'd already brought in his brother to replace Archie Henderson. So so tonight, our, our main focus, and we've got about an hour to go through this, and there's a lot of stuff, is a mailbag. Now, we received a lot of questions from Facebook as to what uh, we should be doing this off season. when we're going to be good again, a bunch of stuff, and we're going to go through it all. Sound fun? <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, for Tyler, this is probably the first time he's seen these questions. <laughs> Ryan has studied up. So, uh, so we're going to start off with question number one asks, how far out are the wings from being legit contenders and what pieces are still missing? And I'll let uh, I'll let Tyler actually tackle that one first. Well, it depends on what you say as a contender. If you mean a Stanley Cup contender, I would say there. This is being very positive, but four to five years away from being a Stanley Cup contender. The pieces that they need, I mean, they need, I think they're almost there with the forwards. I think maybe one more depth center away and obviously some development. And then defensively, they need, just about an overhaul besides some of the guys that you already have like Cholosky and Hironic. I think besides that you need guys. Well, I, I mean, I guess cider is going to be part of the, the, the future as well. So, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, you need just about everything because goaltending is also a spot that, that you're kind of iffy on. I mean, Larson looks promising, but you don't know, and you don't want to put your eggs in the whole development back because you're not going to develop eight players. That's just not going to happen. Um, you know, some some players will be surprises. Others will be free agent signings. Others will be trades. So th there's no exact science to doing it. So like I said, I mean, you probably need just about everything. I mean, obviously you have some spots covered, like the first line center, and hopefully the you know the number one defenseman if Cider turns into that. But you don't know that, and you won't know that for a few years. So I mean, that's that's where I would go. Being legit contenders, I would give it five to six years, and that's on a good the good side of things. It a lot of it depends on and to beat the horse again, what we have with Zadina. What is Valino gonna be the number two center behind Larkin? After that, I mean there's still gonna be acquisitions and or drafting that needs to take place to really <clears throat> fulfill what we need at center. And really after those two, it's kind of a crapshoot as to what, what could happen. But I think to be legitimate, all these guys of the draft, they need to step up and it needs to start this year. Now, will that translate to winning this year? I don't think so. But you really got to hope that the Zadina, Valino, I'll throw Hirose, a Cider, Chalowski, Hironic, uh, McIsaac, who should be hopefully getting up to Grand Rapids at some point this year after he gets healthy. Sorry, Arvey, there's so many names. That's just on the forwards and D. Sorry, Arby's probably a career AHLer. I see Greg shaking his head there. But you hope that they're going to push the guys that need to make the roster. And the guys that do finally make the roster, you need them to do something because they've struck out 
hardcore on guys that look so promising. Ferk, uh, who is the other right-handed shot that we had for Polkinen. Polkinen. Um, like there's been Yurko, so many names that look so promising in the AHL level that never actually came to something. So these next two to three years are probably the most critical point for which will dictate where Detroit's at in five to six of where, if they could be legit, if they don't do it in five to six, they're at least 10, 10 years away before making a run at something, I think. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that we're probably, I'm going to go to the five to seven range, five to seven years to where we're Stanley cup contenders. Now we'll get back in the playoffs, not this next season, but I think the season after we might get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. A lot has to do in like we will say over and over again with development. Now, a guy like what happens with a guy like Jonathan Berggren? Does he yeah. blow? Yeah. Does he blow up the Swedish league? Does he play half a year in Grand Rapids and, and become a second liner in Detroit? What trades happen? Do we ship out Athanasiu for a defensive piece? Does Mantha continue to develop and have stellar seasons like he finished the end of last season? There's a lot of question marks. But you see a lot of a lot of stuff forming. So you've got new guys like Soderblom. Does he develop his puck skills and maybe get fast tracked two two years, three years down the road? He's on the team. Or uh, Albin Groovy. Does he make the team in a few years? And it's a lot of ifs. The goaltending, like Tyler said, is a pretty big if because yeah, Larson has dominated every level he's been at. But we'll see. Is he going to dominate the AHL? Is he going to get some games next season if someone goes down? There's a lot of ifs. So I say contenders in six to seven or five to seven, and playoffs in in three or four. Uh, not this season coming up. Nah, two, two or three will be in the playoffs. But I think it's a while before we're actually contending because even if we pull up guys like Zadina. And guys like Valeno and McIsaac, they still need one to two seasons to to catch on and mature and develop chemistry. Acclimate, so, if you will. Yeah. So our four, and then we got to wait for those god awful contracts to drop off. We're not contending if Abdicator, Helm, Glendening, DeKaiser, uh, Franz Nielsen are still on the roster. We're not contending there. So you wait for those bad contracts to drop off. You bring in guys who have more talent, more promise. You develop them for a few years, and then I think they can really contend in in five to seven seasons. Well, nice thing is a lot of those contracts are gone in two to three years. So, and exactly three of the, so when we get back into the playoffs, guys are going to be gone after this season. Yeah, we need to drop some of the weight to get back into the playoffs. That's that's one of the big points, and that's why we're not back in the playoffs next season. It's going to be two two seasons in the least that we're back in the playoffs. Right. It's not even just the the raw. It's not even just the cap hits that they have that you know hamper the team. It's the roster spots because some of these guys aren't even good enough, you know, to be on this team. And, and you know, for some reason, the coach seems to put them in situations to succeed, if you will. However, you know, they're just not those type of players anymore. Abdulkader's yeah, it's not the, the metaphorical square. Anymore. It's the metaphorical square peg in a round hole. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, it's forcing stuff that that doesn't work that may have worked at one time that doesn't work anymore. But I right. mean, you can only you can only work with what you've got. And this is what they got. Yeah. And I think the the biggest writing on the wall is that with what we're talking about, and I think that we can kind of play it off of the signings that the Wings just had for free agency this season is in two years, this team will be 
pretty much half it will be completely different. Yep. Because of how much fault there's three defensemen that have expiring contracts after this season. Um, The year after that, there's a couple more forwards that drop off that are older. So there's in like so Philpola, Nemeth, Picard, all that just got signed all around two year deals. All of the young prospects we're making mention of are two to three years away from really making the jump and being an effective and making the jump. So, yeah, I mean, that to your point, Greg, that's about three years out possibly for pushing for playoffs. Hopefully that five to seven range does make it contender wise, but I don't know. It, I'm almost partly worried that if some of these guys flake off, then we're 10 years still from something big happening and when another, and we need to pray for a top five or top four pick. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to disagree with any of it because you clearly see what Iserman's trying to do mm-hmm. and he's going to do it and no one's going to stop him, but he may make some moves here or there to cut cap. He already made one. Uh, I guess they're going to, they're shopping Bernier and they've been shopping Bernier since the beginning of the off season. So I'm, that would just be a cap clear spot. And then you, you never know, you get some of the good guys and develop them chase, maybe chase in two years, some RFAs or make some big name trades. We're going to move on to the next question, which is, should we make a run for an RFA? Point, Marner, Line A as examples, and let our guys develop or continue stockpiling picks and rebuilding? Uh, and who would be potential trade candidates now with Iserman as GM uh, and who seems uh, who seems to make more moves than Ken Holland? So I would agree that, yes, Iserman does seem to make more moves than Ken Holland. Should we make a run for an RFA mm-hmm. at this point? point i'm going to say no the person i would have offer sheeted can't be offer sheeted so who was um that? brock uh, besser oh he can't no uh brock besser cannot be offer sheeted now the shitty thing for him is he's gonna have to make a garbage crack or sit out because vancouver has about five hundred thousand in cap space left and they're they i mean besser's gonna need a lot more than that so even mm-hmm. if they buy out Louis Erickson, that's not freeing up enough spot, uh, enough money to sign Goldobin and Brock Besser. <laughs> so uh, Besser cannot in, in the, I was told that this is the same situation with Johnny Gaudreau. Besser's first season, he did not play more than nine games. He therefore uh, out of college. So he cannot be offer sheeted right now. Huh? So they, Vancouver literally holds all the cards in this one. Yep. Unless he just season. doesn't play. Yep. Um, but I don't think, I think point's going to cost you uh, uh point. I think Tampa will find a way to match. I think he is, is committed to resigning with Tampa. Marner's going to cost you way too much. Uh, he's probably if, because what Panarin signed for Marner is going to probably ask and get 11 to 12 million. And you're going to have to give up like three or four first round picks to do that. And I'm not doing that. I don't think he's getting that from the Maple Leafs. No, he ain't getting that from the Maple Leafs, but he'll someone will offer sheet him that. That's a bomb. You think that's happening then, don't you? I just don't understand why he would like the Leafs are unless the Leafs mortgage the rest of their team, he they don't have the money for him. They because Panarin is making what he's making, Marner is worth that or more because he's younger and has produced more. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's he's not going to take 9 million to go back to Toronto. He's not going to take 10 million to go back to Toronto unless he's really nice and is taking the hometown discount. 
I guess I, I mean, I don't know. Do they sign him for any, even if they tried to sign him for a bridge deal, he's still going to want 10 million on a bridge. Like I, they don't have the money unless they cut a ton and then they're sinking 80% of their salary into like eight people. Yeah. They've only got, they've got eight mil to work with right now. If you put Horton on the IR. So I don't know. I think, I think the one that would be more likely to take a bridge deal would be point because Toronto or not Toronto Tampa, I think is in a better position. I mean, there's no doubt that Toronto is not a great freaking team. But Tampa hasn't changed at all. No. They've got they're just it's just like Detroit of ninety five when they or ninety four ninety five when they went and got eaten up by the Devils. But um, and then but they they stayed around for three more years because their roster barely they had very little t- turnover of what was already great. So point maybe would be the one that would do it. Marner, I think he's going to be. He's the one that's going to be the fun one to watch. I wish somebody would just freaking do it and offer sheet him, though. Yeah, line A is the big mystery for me because people are... Uh, from what I keep seeing is like, oh, well, line A's contract's probably going to be like five years, $6.5 million. And I'm like, that's Dylan Larkin money. Mm-hmm. For the first season that line A had, I know he kind of slumped last season, but Larkin had a sophomore, uh, sophomore slump. So... I 21 years I think, old. Yeah, I think line A is probably worth a little more than Larkin for scoring ability. But again, wingers are always worth, I guess, less than centers, technically, if you look at it by history. But uh, Tyler, would you offer sheet anyone? Would you make a run at any RFAs? Like I said before on the podcast, I I am really of the kind of person that, that would really like to be aggressive and really like to say, yeah, trade for this, offer sheet this, do this, do that. I just don't think we're in that position to do that. And I hate to be the wet blanket, the bear of bad news, whatever you want to call it. But the wet we, blanket? Yeah, wet blanket. It means hey, who likes the wet blanket? Means right? weighing everything down. Huh, that's the first well, time I've ever heard that. Nobody likes to be like that. But, I mean, we're not in a situation to win now. We're not one piece away. We're not two pieces away. So, no, I would not. If there was one person I would do, and I, they're not going to do it because Winnipeg's probably going to match it. But I would offer sheet Kyle Connor. That's the guy I would offer sheet if they if they're going to go that route because I think you could get them not on the cheap. I think you could probably get them around seven or eight million. And he also played hockey at the University of Michigan, which doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But he played with Larkin, right? He did play with Larkin. He did play with Larkin and Wierenski. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, that that's the guy I would offer sheet. They're not going to do it because I don't think that they're in the position to do it. But if there's one guy, that's what I would do. <sighs> yeah, that would be that would make me more nervous to go after a guy like Connor because of the cap space that Winnipeg does. They could easily they can match more easily, but it would also put them in a, a bit of a pickle when it comes to trying to do line A and Connor. At the same time, they've got one, two, three, four, five restricted free agents they still have to sign. But to that note, they also have $22 million in cap space. So I don't think that they're in too much of a a rush to get theirs done. So that they would have be the least amount would, of hurt. Yeah, that, that's a team I would avoid at all costs in trying to force into something like that. If I was going to go after someone, it would be a point or a Marner, but I would keep both of them so it would only be a first second and third pick not four four firsts because i think that 
especially in the Toronto case, you could get away with doing that, what, 10.1 or something like that that keeps you under four first-round picks. Was it 10.25 or whatever that pushes you over that that threshold? Uh, 10, yeah. I think it's anything past 10.55. It, yeah, it moves you up. Something like that. So that he would be the one that I would put the most into it because of the cap space for Toronto. Other than that, I mean, I'm looking at the old cap friendly here for that the guys that are out there. Ranton in Colorado, they've got too much cap space. Kachuk in Calgary, no. This is going by total points that I sorted it by. Kachuk in um, Calgary, very interesting. You think so? I think so. Interesting because in the sense of... They have to sign Goudreau, don't they? Or no, 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 no. They don't have to sign Goudreau, but they still have some cap issues, don't they? No, they sure right now they've got nine point four mil available. And who do they have to sign besides Kachuk? Is it just him? They've got uh, Mangia Payne. Yeah, no, Mangia okay, whatever. Kachuk, Sam Bennett. So, and then the other one is David Riddich and goal. So they're really not in too big of a pick. Bennett and Kachuk will put them in a t- tight spot, and they don't have anyone for buyout either. So, um, I mean, they, that'll be yeah, that'll be interesting to watch between those guys. But I also think that kind of like to the point, Braden Point piece, I could see Kachuk going a little more friendly because Calgary's in a win now mode, and they've got a roster they can really do some damage with. So. The one that I think holds the biggest cards and the holds the biggest question mark is Marner. That'd be still that's still somebody I would go after, especially with what Detroit has to offer, and knowing how Eiserman can trade, it's the likelihood of him getting something, be like maybe a mid first round pick or type of first round pick for say an AA or whoever. I could see him still making that move, but outside of that, those are really the only two I would even consider. Yeah. And you could even trade for, if, if the Leafs are in the spot, you could even trade for Marner's rights. You could mm-hmm. give them Athanasiu a first a 20. I wouldn't give them the 2020 first round. If I did, I'd make it conditional. I would lottery give them. Protected. Yeah. I'd make it lottery protected. I'd give them the 2021 first round lottery protected. And I, and then a couple other, maybe a, a good prospect and see if you can get Marner's rights from them right. so you can deal yourself. But again, to sign Marner, we'd still have to cut quite a bit of cap. Yeah, so that uh, that answers, I guess, the second question is potential trade candidates. I think Athenasy is a potential trade candidate uh, that you, that Iserman would put up on the block to, to get a defenseman God, or get some high pick. so many people on Facebook. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Um, the, I, and I say that because next draft is, is one you really want to, you want yep. as many picks in that first round as you can get. First yeah. two rounds. Yeah. The, the whole first, I mean, there's the first half of like the second round are all equal to the talent that went in the first round mm-hmm. this year. So I think you want, you want to get as many first round picks as you can next year. So I think Iserman will be ready to dump some assets to get some picks, but we're going to move on to the next question. Would the Red Wings better be served in the future by leaving the likes of Zadina, Valeno, and Rasmussen in the AHL along with Chalowski and Sider, allowing them top-line minutes and gaining chemistry together before they move to Detroit? So would 
likely would putting them in the AHL or NHL be better for their development? And Ryan, I'll let you start with this one. No. Okay, Tyler. <laughs> I mean, of the names mentioned, I think Rasmussen possibly, but I also think for him, he got the giant freaking shaft by his line mates. Because when he was out there on the the power play this past season, you could tell what that did for him in regards to they used him in the net front, which he enjoys. That's what they brought him in for. But he was with skilled players. He wasn't with an advocator and a Glenn Denning or an advocator and a Christopher N buried on the fourth line. So that you can't put a guy like that there. He, he's your number nine pick from a couple of years ago. Use him as your number nine pick and put him with somebody that is actually worth a damn. Uh, Zadina, he, I, we've talked about this. He should be in the NHL. Yep. Will it be nice? The, I mean, granted this whole off season, we've talked about this before is going, is probably the biggest off season of his career next to probably what next season will be, but put him in your top six and don't let him get out of the top six. Don't put him on the third line. Don't give him all those bullshit minutes, put him on there, get him some ice time with Larkin, get him some ice time with a uh, Hiroshi and just let him have at it. So we've and actually then, been fought on that point. Um, our our friend Beer League Champ has yes. said that Iserman, there is no such thing as top six. He said Iserman uh, is known to run four scoring lines. My response to that is yeah. when two of our lines are fourth <laughs> lines, how's that going to work? But um, I would still play, I think for Zadina's development, even though there's no such thing as top six, I think you'd have to play him on the top two lines to play uh -huh. with decent playmakers that can help him develop. And that's where I'll leave that. Continue. Yeah. So uh, Valino, I mean, that one's kind of the, the wild card, I think, going into this season. What would be fantastic is if he were to crack this roster and he's our third center. Oh, yeah. Is that possible? I absolutely think it is, especially with the, how he looked last year in training camp and for how many games they let him play in during the preseason. So those three guys right there alone, I think two of them deserve quality NHL minutes in Rasmussen and Valino, or I'm sorry, Zadina and Valino is the one to watch. And I, but I still think that he can actually make it as far as Chalowski and Cider. Chalowski, he should be a top four guy on this team that's what he, he should be if he his struggles okay bump him down change up his matchups so on and so forth but i think he should be in the nhl people will say oh but his plus minus was the worst on the team i don't care well he'll have a good he, he's gonna have a lot of summer development yes. that's the thing these guys are, are all the the biggest pattern is how many of these guys are working out together this summer yeah and i mean if he had a good enough summer to crack the roster when mm -hmm. nobody Nobody saw it coming. Just think he, what he can do this year. Yeah, he can repeat that summer and be ready for a full 82-game season. Yeah, and then for Cider, it, he hasn't even signed his ELC yet, so I'm assuming the intent for him will to be one season still over in Germany at the, at the men's level again and then bring him over at the end of this coming season probably to play with Grand Rapids at playoff time or get some late exposure, I'm guessing. I don't know. That's pure speculation on my part, but I think that he's at least one year away from actually seeing any quality time because of what's going on with the defense. So that's what I would say of those five guys we just touched on, four, three of them for sure should be in the NHL. One's a toss-up, and one we'll see next year. Tyler? 
Yeah, I would not bury anybody in the AHL. I think the AHL has turned more into a kind of the old school ECHL. Yeah, yeah, kind of the old school ECHL where like if you have prospects that are good enough to play in the NHL and, and, you know, they're not a type of player like – I don't know if you guys know Henrik Borgstrom from um, Florida, who was a really good college hockey player. Uh, I think he played four years at the University of Denver and pretty much lit it up there. And then he came to the he came to uh, North America, like you know, or not to North America, but you know, to the Florida Panthers. And for the first like, I want to say it was the first two or three months of this season, he was in the AHL, and then they brought him up. Unless you have situations like that. They should play in the NHL if they're ready to play in the NHL. If they're not ready, then fine, play them in the AHL or, or what have you. But I think uh, those players that you said, I think the only person that shouldn't be on the NHL roster is maybe Valeno because, you know, he may not be 100% ready to be, a, you know, a good, effective center in the NHL. And then Cider, obviously, he's not ready. Um, and, you know, I guess if he wows you at camp, I guess you'd give him the eight games or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, I would put him in the AHL because I think that's where he would succeed the most. I think, I think Germany, I think he's gotten the most out of there. But if you, if you do bring him back there for one more year, that that doesn't hurt either. So I, I guess even, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I don't even know if I would go so far as to say that Cider is not ready. So you think he's NHL ready? I think he's close. I think. I, okay. Pump the I think. He, I think I don't, I'm not saying he is. I'm saying that he is not going to be as far away. I think he's going to be a year out, but I, I think that he could still play to an extent with what is there now. Now camp is going to dictate a lot, but the way he had the, his regular season and then in international play, I think that he can actually skate. He his skating will save him. It's whether or not his body will let him do it. Would he take a spot away from from Chalosky? No. Not this year. I I don't know. So I agree. I don't know. I, I kind of disagree with that. And the only reason I say that is because Eisman said it's an open camp. So if that's the truth and he's not talking out of both sides of his mouth, which I don't think he does, I think that if Sider were to go out there and dominate and Chalosky were to slip up or Heronik were to slip up, he would go ahead of them and he would be on the NHL roster. And I'm not saying that Heronik wouldn't be on the NHL roster. I'm just saying that I – there is a situation where Cider could come in and wow everybody and make the team. I don't think I don't think Heronic has anything to worry about. I don't think so either. I'm just saying that if Cider comes in and dominates and plays the way we think he can play, can he go ahead of uh, uh, Chalowski? I think if he any, if he goes ahead of anyone based off how the offseason likely has been going, it would be a daily. Or and I'm not, I'm not really talking about the players that are currently here, like the Greens, the Dailies, the DeKaisers. I mean, he might be already better. You're than talking DeKaiser. guys that can go both ways. Exactly. He yeah. might be better than DeKaiser already, and he might be better than Daly already because Daly's a little bit long in the tooth. You know, he's not that fast anymore. He's, you know, he's older, and that's that. there's nothing against that. But I'm just saying – in the situation that we're in, it might be better off if he plays in the AHL. But if he plays in the NHL, don't be surprised. Yeah. I Yeah, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say, could he play on an NHL? Could Cider play on an NHL team right now? Yes. Could he play on the Red Wings right now? Yes. But he is not a top. He wouldn't be a top four defenseman. 
yeah. on our so roster. For defensemen, that's not the worst thing in the world. If no, you're not but, I don't yeah, but you want that situation if you're coming into a better team, though. Yeah, I don't think it yeah. helps him develop because as a bottom-pairing defenseman, he's not matched up against top-line talent. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I mean, you might as well play him top line in the AHL where he's going to be playing against other sure. teams, top prospects. So I think, and, and would, could say now I, it's a toss up for me. Do they want to get cider over to the AHL and play him on American ice? So he gets used to the smaller ice surface. I, I don't see any problem with that. And I think there'll mm-hmm. be openings on the Griffins defense. Oh, because absolutely. Chalowski, yeah. Chalowski will be in Detroit. And I, I think that that it's it's absolutely he could play in the AHL and would they would they send him back to I could see them sending him to Germany I could see them playing him on the Griffins I don't know what's in Iserman's head and that's the beauty of it no one does mm-hmm. but everyone knows my stance Zadina should be in the NHL Valeno I want him to make the opening right night roster I think he will get every opportunity to he will play probably every exhibition game. They might even try him out for the nine games at the beginning of the season. So yeah. we'll see what happens with Valeno. I think Rasmussen, if he has a monster summer, he's going to be your net front guy. And he'll double, if not triple, what he put out last season. If he puts on so, weight with muscle, that he's going to be a friggin' force. Yeah, exactly. But we are going to move right along to our next question, which is, who are the Wings' top 10 prospects? So... Prospect, I think we just name most of them. <laughs> yeah, prospects will be people that did not play full time in the NHL. So your number one prospect is of course Philip Zadina. Your number two prospect is Joe Valeno, I would say. Number three is where you start to get a little bit shaky with who your top prospects are. I would say that our number three top prospect is most likely Philip Larson. He seems like to be okay. the, the most promising goalie right now. If you move to your fourth top prospect right now, I would say because he hasn't played on American ice would be Cider, just because he we haven't seen what he can do on American ice. And I think you could flip Cider and Larson if you wanted to. That's okay. Uh, number five for me is going to be uh, Berggren. I would put Berggren at five based on what I've seen him do. Uh, it's it's crazy. Past five is really hard for me because you're at a toss-up with the rest of the prospect pool because, as we know, Tyler Wright did not draft very well. I mean, maybe I put, I'll put Svechnikov because who knows where you, he's at. I think that's a safe one to put in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll put Svechnikov at six, uh, seven. Uh, I put maybe groovy at seven wow really I i think he has the biggest upside right now and there's not really anyone else banging down the door i'm not putting so here's the thing i'm not putting turgeon in the list no he's been around too long because we know what he is i'm not putting sorry rv in the list because he hasn't shown any real development so, I mean, at the end of my list, sure, you could put Giovanni Smith at the end of the list. You could put, literally, you could name four guys in Grand Rapids to put them at the end of the list. But I'm saying, I think in what we just drafted, there's more upside than what we currently have in Grand Rapids. And, I mean, you could put you could put Eliason in the top 10, our, our other goalie prospect. 
I'm not sure I'd put at this point Petrozelli in the top 10. I need to see what his next season's like at Quinnipiac. And then he has but, to play. Yeah, I think we have a solid top five. And beyond that, it gets it gets a little shaky. I'm surprised you didn't bring up McIsaac. Oh, yeah, forgot McIsaac. So I put, actually, I would then slot Cider, uh, then Larson, then McIsaac, and then Berggren. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, I'm high on Larson because we need a goalie. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised he's your number three, but I can see why. Um, I mean, he had a good prospect camp. But like he I said, he could be a... flopped with cider. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. I think you're, I think you're top two. You have a one, a one B with Zadina Valino. You can put them however you want to put them as your top pick or not. Um, my three would probably be cider because that's the most outside of Chalowski Hironic. I mean, that's the most promise we've had on D in a long time. Uh, McIsaac, I think is going to be a bottom 10 of your top 10 just because he hasn't been into the AHL yet, but the talk about him and what he can provide this team in the future is very high. And I, you can, the organization sees that as well. So that's why he's signed to his entry level contract. Uh, I think Berggren would be my four behind Cider, just because what he can provide and he's coming off his injury, but you can tell that he is ready to go and he is very driven to get to Detroit in some fashion. So I think he is definitely a big one to watch. Um, after that five, I would go with Larson. I'll give you that one on there. Six for me. I, the, you're going to call me crazy, but I'm going to put Kasky in here. Hmm. I still want to see him play. I want to see him play, but I think out of intrigue, I'm going to put him at number six because again, he's a possible defenseman that could come in and make a difference. So, and you know, he's going to get that opportunity. So I'm going to put him as my number six, seven. I would have to go. Here's where it gets weird. Okay. I would put Groove. I would put there right now. Um, there's a lot of potential there. There's so many guys that you could really put at this bottom three. You can put then, Master Simone there. Yeah, I could. I was going to go eight with um, and someone that I still really hope has something come from him, and that's Giovanni Smith. I think that's where you had him as well. But uh, I think Giovanni Smith is going to be your Luke Glendening replacement. I'm okay with that. And if he brings that chippiness factor that he's had throughout his career without actually getting in the box, sweet. Bring it. Because they need it. And then nine, I'm going to go with Svechnikov because. Huh. You're he... ranking Giovanni Smith above Svechnikov? Right now, yeah. I mean, okay. you get, like, I, like I said, you can change these any way you can, but Svech hasn't been healthy. He has had a rough up and down. So I think, wait, it's, it's yeah, I don't know. Svech, he has, this is his year, his put up or shut up year. And if he if he can come out, show that he's healthy and do something, I will be friggin' ecstatic because I've been high on him for a long time and the injury didn't help. I thought he was going to be on the roster last year, but it so if he comes in, makes the roster and goes from there, then he bumps right back up to the top three in my list because I had him last year as one of my top prospects, to be honest. And then number 10, I'll put Gustav Lindstrom. Oh, yeah. Good one. I did defense. 
So that's my rough kind of interchangeable top, top 10. They're very rough. <laughs> yeah. At least our top four is pretty much the same across the board. Just let you top know, we're five. pulling these out of our ass too. Like we're forgetting prospects and, mm-hmm. and they're all interchangeable, but I think we all have a really solid handle on the top five. Yeah. Tyler, would you change anything? No, so I I have a list. I was kind of just doing a little bit of research. Oh, Mister kind of, fucking prepared over here. here. <laughs> so one, I I do agree with Ryan. There, you have a one A one B, but I will go with the one A first. I'll go with uh, Zadina first. I'll go with Valeno too because we're, we're so intrigued of what what he can bring to the table and possibly being a second line center to Dylan Larkin. Um, uh, Cider will be number three because you know he's our number one defenseman prospect there. Um, you have Philip Larson, who's our number one goalie prospect, who's you know coming off a real good season at the University of Denver. Um, you have Jonathan Bergerin, who's number five for me. I, I just I really like what he brings to the table um, with the speed and skill, and obviously it seems like hopefully he doesn't isn't one of these kids that can't stay healthy, but we'll have to see. Um, you have Oliver Kasky, who I really am just very intrigued to see. Um, hopefully he can make the team this year. That would, that would be interesting to see if he could make the team this year. Um, and it seems like he's going to be given every opportunity to do so. Uh, seven, I have Svechnikov because I still do have a little bit of hope that, um, Svechnikov will turn out and be an impact player in the NHL. Although that is dwindling as the seasons go on and if his injuries continue, um, the eight is where it gets a little interesting here. McIsaac is where I'd go with eight. At we haven't eight? Seen huh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Tyler, I guess did, can... you, did you look at his stats and then did you also realize that he did all of that with a blown out shoulder? I no, I understand that. You can flip flop, like I said, Kasky and McIsaac. I mean, like I said, I'm doing this on the fly. So McIsaac, I'd go with eight. But you have a list. What? <laughs> I do have a list. You want to see? <laughs> Uh, Groove would be nine for me, and then ten I would go with Mastro Simone or Lindstrom because if you really still do believe in him, um, you know, we'll have to see. Obviously, these are just you know, kind of like you said, pulling out of our asses and and kind of uh, just putting this together. I did it kind of based on what you guys had, plus, obviously, you know, I I know some of these players and stuff like that. So, well, Lindstrom. Lindstrom, we'll see what happens because he'll be in Grand Rapids next season. Yep. Uh, it, it's it's the it's a big oh, there's a, so many what ifs. I mean, McIsaac, I think has to be in your top five or six. I think Bergren has to be in your top five or six. Larson has to be like I could do two number ones, two number twos, two number threes, because I don't think there is much room that separates a lot of them. Yeah, in, in the top. And then you hit a cliff where it's like a steep drop off to the rest of the list. Those are our rough top tens. Well, Don't hold we'll us to them. See what we get out of the players that you know we just drafted this year. You know, other than Cider, because you know we we think he's maybe a sure thing. Yeah. So we didn't even talk yeah. about Alec Regula. I mean, that, that's that's true. Tons Ask of- us again next week, and we'll have different answers. So. Yeah. Probably. So the next question is, and this is not a specific Red Wings question. So we get to expand our our base a little bit here. What's happening with 
I would like to hear thoughts on the Atlantic division, how the teams are going to shape up in the next few years with hopefully Detroit moving forward and Boston and Tampa slowly getting older. So what I'm going to say is to that effect is I don't think Tampa's going anywhere because Iserman has set them up very well for the future. (laughs) They're not, they don't have a super shitty cap situation there they also will have contracts falling off now i guess the the signing the big signing of kucher like kucherov isn't even a huge signing no he's not so no there's tampa is set up very well boston is going to start riding the struggle bus in the next couple years for two reasons one i think chara has maybe another year left marshan yeah he's he's got a 2 million dollar contract for this upcoming season so Marshawn's not getting any younger, and you're 31. you're you're strapped with Bacchus's contract that you're not getting rid of. <laughs> no one's taking that. And he's 35 years old, six million so, a year. So, and you, I sure you've got Charlie McAvoy, who you're gonna have to resign. Who's still not not resigned, and Carlo. Yep, yep. and uh, Brandon Carlo. But past Ooh. that. Boston's system doesn't look insanely strong. Am I crazy? Or, I mean, at least what's currently no. on their roster. No. With what's currently there, they have one more year to make a difference because they've got a lot of guys that are going to be, be become pending free agents. And they've got a lot of guys getting older. Krejci and Bergeron are 33 right now. Marshan's 31. Bacchus is 35. Zdeno Chara is as old as Jesus. <laughs> so they're they're gonna be hurting. I mean, their defense is young. That's their strong suit. But, but who are they gonna lose on defense next year? They could possibly be losing Tory Krug if they don't get to him who? resigned. What do you mean? The wings. Well, yeah, that's that's the the glory of it. Krug uh, is gonna come home. I think so. I think him and or Truba. If we got both, that'd be even better. Woo. They're but their defense is young without with the exception of Chara. So they're actually okay on the back end. The front end's the worrisome part. But I don't know. I don't think they're I think they're still going to be a contender next season. There's no doubt about that. But then you also got to look at their goaltender spot. Ross Rask is 32. They just signed Halak to a, they've got him he's 34 years old. So I don't know. They've got I think their window is done is completely closed in two years i think their window is completely closed right now to be honest with you i think that was their chance to win the stanley cup they lost in game seven of the cup final look what happened to the red wings after i was they lost just gonna say that the cup final in 2009 usually when you get to game seven of the stanley cup final it's close enough but not good enough to get it done and it's all downhill from there. Now, you know what? I could be wrong. I'm just saying that, that you know, history has a way of repeating itself. I think they've got three more years of being contenders. And then it'll be like you just said with Detroit, because Detroit from nine to 12 was a great team still. And then after that 2012 season is where the wheels fell off. Those two years they ran into San Jose, those were two years they could have won the Stanley Cup. Right. Yeah, but past Tampa and Boston, I mean, you've got Toronto, who, if they sign Marner, are not going to be better because they've jettisoned off half their pieces. They got Cody Cece, who is not great. 
they got uh, Kerfoot and Tyson Berry. So Tyson Berry helps them a bit, but they lose Jake Gardner, who is better defensively than Tyson Berry. And Tyson Berry's a free agent after this coming year. Their yeah, whole defense, with the exception of Riley, is a free agent this coming season. Yeah, so how do you sign Mitch Marner and then next year you have to – they've got to choose. Do you want Mitch Marner or do you want Morgan Riley? Do you want to mortgage your entire defense? Like, if you sign Marner right now, Barry's gone next year. Mm-hmm. So and they've got Riley for three more. Well, they've got Riley three more years. Do they? Yeah, they got him okay. through. He's he becomes unrestricted twenty two, twenty three. Okay, but, but you're not... literally the rest of their defense is unrestricted, with the exception of Dermot, who's going to be restricted after this season, and Ben Harper. He's good too he might command some money i mean obviously he hasn't played that much in the league but this could be his coming out party this year with with gardner gone i mean they they they're high on dermot they like that kid mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. toronto i think next year i mean toronto i'm not expecting to do better next year and then going forward pieces are going to drop so toronto if they don't win it next season it's going to get harder and harder the next five years for them to win unless they make some big moves or they let marner walk it frees up money for them and they can make other moves at forward and sign their defense but if they Mm -hmm. lock up marner they're trying to win next season and if they don't they're more screwed as the years go on yeah montreal i mean montreal's montreal they've got a really good system uh they've got a really good farm system right now their current roster i again don't think it got super improved but (sighs) They finished they, they're going to be better, though. Yeah, they finished fourth, but they're not going to be better than Tampa, Boston, or Toronto. So no, I think the yet. highest, again, they're finishing is fourth. So I think I think fourth. they'll push hard for the third spot, though. Yeah. I think they've got a lot of opportunity there. Florida got Bob. Uh, I don't think Florida did much else besides getting Bob. They got so, Brett Connolly, Bob, um, Nolachari. Yeah, Nolachari, who has uh, they made was, some they made a lot of depth moves when it comes to the forward side. Nolachari was the Luke Witkowski of Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they got they got the biggest they got the biggest improvement this off season though, and it has nothing no. to do with the players at all. Florida, Bob. It has nothing to do with the players at all. Oh, you have a Joel Quenville. Yeah. Oh, eh. oh yeah. Yeah, I mean a coach can only do so much, really. You have to have the quality of play on the ice, and they didn't get Panarin, so a I still lot think of their hopes went out the window. I think they're still a team to watch in the division. That's a tough team. Yeah. Well, I say team to Buffalo. watch loosely because you know no one's going to be at the game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> get it? Buffalo isn't again isn't super improved. We're not improved at all, and Ottawa will be a dumpster fire from God. here till the team sells and is relocated. So bad. <laughs> so like Ottawa. They're literally their game plan is to steal all the Toronto players. <laughs> it's literally their game plan. They're taking all the players from the old washed up, tossed off Toronto players and saying, if Toronto could make the playoffs with these guys and we can make the playoffs with these guys. They even guys. took one of their coaches. Yeah. So and that's where it's coming well, from because he was a defensive coach. Now, there was a rumor that Toronto wanted a second team. So do the Ottawa Senators oh. relocate to Toronto and become the Toronto Senators? Toronto 2? God, that'd be fantastic. I but think that Canada would burn. I would not be I would not be surprised if the standings next season were the exact same as this season. 
Yeah. And I then going, be. and then going forward, I think we're going to go uh, again. We're gradually going to go up the rankings. Buffalo has to gradually go up the rankings. Montreal is going to go up. Tampa will will stay around the top three. Boston will slowly fall. Toronto, depending on their situation, will slowly fall. So, it going forward, it's really it's really weird what's going to happen. But but I feel confident that we at least we will go up because of what Iserman can do. Yeah. Have we covered I, that? Huh? Have we covered that sufficiently? I think yeah. so. Oh. I think it's I think it's going to be a good division, to be quite honest. I Me think too. there's a lot of youth that has hit some of these teams like Montreal, Buffalo, us, that will really kind of turn the tide. And with Boston aging, especially at the forward spot where you really want them to age because that helps other teams that are pushing their younger forwards in come kind of come full circle. So the top three are going to stay the top three, especially Toronto, but there's some hope of some craziness happening, I think in two to three years. I agree. I can see Boston not being in the top three next year. Well, I, there's still an unchanged roster. Yeah, they didn't lose a ton. I just, I still don't like the roster that much. I mean, yes, they made. You don't it to like the- Boston. Yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> I get that. I don't like the Bruins, but I'm just saying they got to the Stanley Cup final. They basically got it given to them. They fucking had to face. Okay, they faced the Maple Leafs, but then they faced the Blue Jackets, the Hurricanes. And, and uh, yes, they did face the St. Louis Blues, who eventually beat them. But still, they had two cakewalk series to get to the cup final because, yeah. Tampa, because Tampa choked on themselves, and as did the Penguins and, and all the other teams that they could have faced in the conference finals. Washington. I'm just saying, I'm just uh. saying, that, that roster, yes, it's good. I, I could see Montreal being better. I could see Buffalo being better. I can see Montreal taking the next step this coming season, and I hate saying that. Well, we got. I'm going to do two questions. One, I'm going to give a short answer to, and then we will move on to the last group question before we wrap up. So the question was, should we're going to be friends by the White Stripes play after home game fights? My answer, yes. It is also, you will notice the intro to this episode. And if you don't know where you know that from, if you listen to it and you go, oh my God, I know that song. Where's it from? It was on Napoleon Dynamite. So the last question of the night we are going to take is, do you think Mantha is starting to show what the Wings first envisioned when drafting him, especially after doing well in the world championships, or do you think he will stay streaky and an unknown commodity? So Mantha, I think, has done what a lot of people will say, turn the corner. I think that happened after his injury, after he broke his hand to Patrick Nemeth, who we then signed. But uh, I think that Mantha has turned the corner. I think the World Championships is part of proving that. Bingo. You can you can say that his play with Kyle Turris, but I mean, Kyle Turris, come on now. I think Mantha Larkin is a better center than Turris, believe it or not. And Larkin will be centering Mantha and Vertuzzi. So if Mantha did that in international play and the way Mantha ended the season, I think he's 34. 30 to 35 or more goals next season. If he does that and we, and everything else happens that we thought we've talked about, 
this is a a bubble team. To oh, be quite don't honest, stop! Don't say I, that. I think I think if he has the year that we would expect of him, it, it completely will it will transform this team. Stop. Our please. defense is still. I hey, you, we need a lottery pick. We do need a lottery pick. But if Mantha does what we expect of him, and if Anthony CU has another repeat season, we've got multiple thirty goal scores on the ice, and then add Zadina possibly to that fold. Well, now, if, granted, if the, scoring if goals doesn't make, make a whole lot if you don't have defense to actually, you know, keep goals out of the net. So it's all what ifs. But if Mantha has that type of season, that it could really, I think it transforms the team. If not this so year, then it definitely will do it next year. You're right. So if Mantha scores 30 to 35, Larkin scores 30 to 35, Athanasiu scores 30 to 35, say Zadina we play Zadina and he puts up 20. Say Haronic puts up 15 to 20. Bert. Say Bert puts up 20. That's a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. And our goal differential last year, I think, was minus 50. It was like 220 to 270, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, like minus that. 50. Yeah, so I don't... <laughs> I, that's stop. We got to stop because that, hey, you that happened next season... I will be both happy and upset. I'll be happy at progress, but upset that we blew our chance at getting uh, Alexi Lafreniere. Mm, so, yeah. Which, if you haven't looked, go on our Twitter, vote on our poll. <laughs> We're starting the hashtag for next year. So it's either going to be hashtag play unsexy for Alexi or uh, what was the other one? It was Hold really on. long. Hashtag go nowhere for Lafreniere. So those are going to be the hashtags next year when we are tanking. Uh, but that is that is the uh, I, I want it. I want the lottery pick. But again, I want to show improvement. I think Mantha can take another step forward. Uh, it just comes down to is he going to break his hand again in, by getting into a fight? He's he's a guy that I could see scoring 30, 30 to 35 goals. It's just a matter of, is he going to stay healthy and is he going to stay away from those slumps? That's the key because he's got to be motivated just about every single night instead of taking you know some nights off. And obviously you're going to have a, a bad one or two games, but he's got to avoid these games where he goes five or six games without a goal or, you know, th- that kind of thing. I think if he's going to take the next step, he's going to have to be very consistent. And I think he can do that. I think he's shown it in flashes. He just hasn't shown it in a full season just yet. And I think I think we're we're just about there with seeing it. It's just a matter of staying healthy. And I've, I've been saying it for a long time. I think he's a guy that can get out of bed and score 30 goals. It's just a matter of is he going to put the effort in and is he going to be able to be consistent enough to do so? I, th- I think that it, it, it he will. And I, I love Max's. <laughs> Mac, well, the reason I say that is for those that don't have it, and we'll, we'll, we haven't done a plug on The Athletic yet tonight, um, yeah. get it, and then go find Max's article about Mantha's um, world championships and other players that had similar worlds to him and what they ended up doing the following season and from then on. That was the stepping stone. Tyler, you nailed it. If he's healthy, he, he's going to be an all-star. There's no doubt about it. And then you put him and Larkin together. You've got – then you can interchange who you put on that other wing. You do Burt. You can throw – if you need to score, you're down late at the end of a game. You've got him, Larkin, and Mantha – or uh, uh, Zadina. So 
if it happens this year, if he clicks, that it, it be be a little scared for their tanking. So, I agree, and that's where we will end tonight's podcast. Tyler, let's get your final thoughts and then your Twitter handle if you can remember it. <laughs> My final thoughts are, you know, we talk about this and we talk about the future and and uh, you know all this kind of stuff, and and it's fun to talk about what we think could happen. Um, patience is obviously the most important thing in this kind of situation. And obviously you don't want to hear that, but it's the truth that, you know, you got to be patient. Rome wasn't built in a day, whatever analogy you want to use for this kind of thing. Um, but you know, I mean, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that's, that's the best thing that, that you can hear as a fan, especially when, when we had the run of 25 years in the playoffs and now we've had these really bad years, you're going to appreciate the next time we make the playoffs and the next time we win around and what have you a lot more than you did when, when it was kind of, you know, a thing, you know, a culture thing. And it was something that happened just about every year because there was years and years and years where we were just patiently waiting for the playoffs. And mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately that's not the situation anymore, but it's going to make us appreciate it much more. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at seal dog 91. Man, that's a tough one to follow up. I'm just going to say I agree with what Tyler just said. It's <laughs> and uh I'm it's it's going to be a fun those quiet off season. I think we have a lot to look forward to and I really hope that an offer sheet comes out here again soon, but I doubt it. Uh other than that, I really don't have any final thoughts this week, so I will leave Twitter handle rdryan33. Cool. Uh, my final thoughts are, I believe we will be at the Prospect Tournament. That is the at first, least you. The first week in September. Uh, no, second week in September. 6th through 9th, or 6th through 10th. I want yeah, to go to the Prospect Tournament. Yeah. yeah, I want to go to the Prospect Tournament. So, I think that might happen. And then... Train, and the training camp starts right on the tail of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the Prospect Tournament is more exciting to watch. True. Because Cider will probably be there. So that is uh that's my final thought on another prospect <laughs> tournament. And we got some new shirts up, so go check out our Red Bubble. You can follow me on Twitter at bringing the wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast on Twitter at Grindline Pod and on Instagram at Grindline Pod. We've got like twenty nine followers. Please don't make us sad. Please go follow us on Instagram. Uh, check out our merch on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search the grind line. We are there. I just put up a cool new like Stranger Things shirt. Oh, you posted that? Sweet. Yeah, nice. I think it'll work on a shirt. I don't know. If someone buys it and tells me it's terrible because it doesn't print correctly, then I'll take it down. But I think it'll work. So yeah, go there. Go buy some stuff. You can get stickers and clocks and now shower curtains and canteen bottles and a bunch of stuff. I put a Dylan Larkin Red Wings Captain 1 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That one's pretty cool. So all that money helps support the podcast. So go there, buy stuff. You can find a link on our Twitter for it. You can find our podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Podbean, on uh, iHeartRadio or TuneIn, I think. I applied for radio.com. We'll see if that happens. But for Tyler and Ryan, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.